"'You're an astute man,' she commented as I joined her. "'Oh, for the security of a cigarette to hide behind. I had to answer.' "'You seem more interesting than that crowd,' I said. "'I don't mean for leaving them,' she said. "'I meant for being scared of me.' "'I was tempted to head back into the familiar throng for a non-threatening night of drink and flirtation, "'but my cock led me through the door, onto the strangely calm city street.' Outside the party she was friendlier, with a dark sense of humour that had me laughing despite feeling disconcerted. We walked, talked and rejected all the bars we passed as unsuitable, or rather she did. When we got to a quiet street she said, This is me, coming in. Do you usually invite strange men into your house? Only ones who are high profile enough that I could make a fortune by selling my story to the papers if they give me any grief. Again, the spikiness, but I was getting used to it by now. "'Consider me warned,' I laughed as she unlocked the door. "'I wasn't sure what to expect of her flat, "'but the cosy bookshelf-lined room I was presented with "'wouldn't have been my first assumption. "'Drink?' she asked, getting two tumblers out "'and filling them with ice before I could answer. "'I'll have what you're having.' "'And I thought you knew your own mind,' she said, "'pouring a hefty measure of Jack Daniels into both our glasses.' She bent over and slipped off her heels, giving me a tantalising glimpse of her tight, round arse, before she stood up and walked over to me with the drinks. Well, sit down. I won't bite. I bit back the obvious response. Something told me I'd need to work a bit harder with her. So tell me about you, and skip the media bullshit, she said, curling up in a large and battered leather sofa and patting the cushion next to her. On her own turf and without the heels, she seemed less threatening but I still didn't feel comfortable enough to remove my own shoes and sat upright next to her, as I began to do as she'd asked. Four hours later, and I was more than a little tipsy, and, I realised, incredibly comfortable. Once I started to tell her about myself, she'd softened, and soon I found myself sharing some of my deeper secrets, things I'd only told my closest friends. She had a knack for disarming me with her candour, and matching my confessions with ones that seemed equally intimate. I knew she hadn't been a particularly happy child, but loved her life now, that her favourite position was missionary, not because it's traditional, just because I like to be fucked, and that she'd experimented with a variety of kinks. The evening seemed to be heading in one very obvious direction, so I was surprised when she glanced at her watch and said, Shit, it's late, I'd better be getting to bed, and made it clear with her body language that she meant alone. I was on the back foot once again. "'Uh, thanks for the drinks,' I said. "'You can ask for my number if you want,' she replied. "'I might even answer your calls.' "'I felt like a naughty schoolboy for not asking before. "'Uh, thanks, yes, I'd uh, love it. "'Let's do dinner sometime.' "'I cringed as the phrase popped out of my mouth by habit. "'Well, if dinner's all you had in mind,' she said, pushing a card into my hand and me out of the door in one move, with a brusque but strangely sensual peck on the cheek. I only realised as I glanced down at the card that she'd never told me her name. It read simply, Angel. I don't know what perfume she wore, but it clung to me even as I arrived home. I couldn't help but stroke myself as I lay in bed, thinking of the evening, and came to a fast and messy orgasm over my chest. Against my usual nature, I called her the next day. There was no response. I tried to blot her out of my mind, assuming that she wasn't interested, 
Why pursue someone who's not into you? But that evening, as I had dinner with Mandy, I kept finding my thoughts drawn away from my buxom twenty-year-old companion and back to Angel. I thought I smelled her perfume at one point and turned around but couldn't see her, so I left Mandy at the table and hurried off to the loo in the hope that Angel might be there. She wasn't, but at the end of the night I couldn't bring myself to share my bed with Mandy, instead craving nothing more than the chance to call Angel again. The phone rang out, but she didn't pick up. After a week I was frantic. No matter how many distractions I had, work or women, Angel was there incessantly tapping on my thoughts, making my concentration impossible. I left her message after message, feeling like a stalker, but unable to resist the urge. And then it came, a text, five words. Tonight, my place, my rules. I was powerless to resist.